Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWolfOnSports.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, football fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast, episode number 269. Oh, man, we're moving up to that number 300 number. Oh, we won't get there because, oh, I don't know, maybe the end of the season. Nah, I don't know. What is there? 2100. I'm not doing math tonight. It's not going to happen. How you guys doing out there? Hey, great weekend of football. Some absolutely awesome football games that we got to witness. And, uh, hey, I got to go out to Calgary over to McMahon Stadium. I... I invited myself over to my buddy Will's place and <laughs> he was just nice enough to, to, to accept the, the invitation. And, uh, and uh, yeah, we had a great time. Uh, got to meet the, my, my partner on the podcast for the last couple of three years. And uh, it was a great night. We, uh, we had, we watched some good football. I'm disappointed with the outcome. He's not. Uh, and uh, you know, BC played a good game. It wasn't embarrassing. And, you know, I, I, I left BC, which everybody just whines and complains and bitches about the weather out here. And it was nice and warm and hot and sunny. I get to Calgary. It's cold and windy and rainy and miserable. And uh, I kind of held off for the game. We got a little wet, but not much. Had to, good thing he will phone me up and said, Dave, bring some clothes. Because I wasn't going to bring a hoodie or anything. And I, good thing I did, because it was freaking cold. Um Anyhow, yeah, it was a great game, great weekend. I got to watch some good football, not only the BC-Calgary game, but I got to watch the Hamilton-Montreal game, which kind of amazed me. Um, Saskatchewan and Edmonton was pretty spectacular, and so was the Ottawa-Toronto game. So we're going to go review those ones coming up right as soon as we introduce the panel. And, uh, hey, I forgot to tell you who I am. I'm Christopher Jones. Yeah, we've been doing this for a long time, 269 episodes. So let's open up the phone mics here and see who we got i'm gonna start right off with my buddy will how you doing bud i'm good i want you to tell everybody how classy the calgary st peter's fans are because you did not get hit in the back of the head with one can of beer the entire night even though you're wearing that gaudy orange sweater that said beer me so to me that means they should throw a beer at you I, I well, that's did. what I was afraid of, right? Yeah, I, 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 I told you that, and uh, no, yeah, I, and, I, I and, got no hassles and, from anybody. We, I got some ribbon, I got some teasing. I'll, I won't deny that, but what do you expect? You're you're in air, enemy we, territory, but they were very, very well behaved, and and, there was, and you were you know, totally, you were totally impressed with the state of art facility we have here in Calgary, correct? Uh, no, that's sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Well, at least you didn't see the rats. So no, that's there was no rat. Good. I didn't see any rats. Uh, yeah, the stadium. It, it was very similar to the old Empire Stadium. Okay, but fortunately, we got rid of that forty years ago. So uh, <laughs> you should have as well. No, it's uh, it was like there was nothing to matter with the stadium. That there wasn't a lot of space. A lot, of, a lot of the seats were very close together. And you got to realize, Will's a big boy, okay? He's, uh, what are you, 6'2"? Six, three and a half. Six, six three and a half, okay? And, mm-hmm. you know, 
pushing the 300 mark. The guy he brought beside him, beside me, was like my height at 5'9", and he's pushing the 350 mark, maybe more. And I'm stuck between these two giants, right? And I'm trying to... And there's no leg room, and the seats are uncomfortable. I don't know. I had fun. I got to eat some popcorn that was really stale. And... uh, Watch some football that wasn't that good. So yeah, popcorn was made the same time the stadium was built. So just I don't doubt that. Actually, the highlight of my entire trip was getting to meet Will and his lovely wife Patty, and everything was wonderful. And uh, really nice people, very nice home, and thank you for your hospitality. You're welcome. I I thoroughly enjoyed myself, and uh, you know what? I would enjoy myself if we didn't go see football. Yeah, I had fun. I had fun talking. My wife is a my wife is a very enjoyable person. (laughs) She is. How does she marry? Why is she married to you? I have no idea. But that's I have no idea either. That is that is the seventh wonder of the world. I think. Yeah, yeah. She she's a saint, and Will is Will. So. I I have no response, or I have nothing more to say on that one. Okay, let's open up some more mics and see what's going on here. Mark, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. You're back from camping. Got hailed on. Living in a tent. Now you know what a homeless person feels like. There's nothing wrong with tents, right, Will? No. (laughs) Nothing at all. We got a little bit of hail one night. It It was fun to know that the tent didn't leak, thankfully. It only rained for about two hours, so <laughs> the hill was about half an hour. That's enough. Yeah, if I go if I go camping or anything, uh, the word Fairmont comes into mind here, you know? Yeah, I figured as much. Glamping yeah. comes to my mind. <laughs> yeah, you know, something something like that. I'm not going to anything unless there's a massage parlor somewhere in there <laughs> with a happy ending. Okay. <laughs> Oh, my good Lord. Did I really just say that on the air? You <laughs> just did. said that yes, on the air. you did. Awesome. Good. Got to love it. Got to love it. Okay, opening up some more mics. I got Chris. How you doing, bud? Hello. Good, good, good. So are you? Go- when's your next trip to McMahon? When are you going back? <laughs> next year. Next year? Next year. Next year. Okay. Well, uh, okay, well, uh, tell, tell me when you're going, and I'll bring myself and the boys. Okay, so um, excellent. That would be wonderful. So I've been in four different CFL stadiums now, okay? I mm. was in uh, Empire Stadium, BC Place, and then Empire Field. And now <laughs> I've been to McMahon, okay? So this there is the very go. first time I've ever watched a CFL football game outside of Vancouver. So it was a, it was a huge step for me. And you know what was really weird? Because I don't get away much, and I never get out on the plane, or I never, you know, I'm I'm stuck with these horses. I'm always in the thing. So driving yeah. around some strange city with with wheel driving, okay, and it was it was mm. it didn't really dawn on me too much. But you know what? I'm sitting there, I'm I'm, I'm sitting in the passenger seat as he's driving all over the place, and I'm going, "Fuck! Is there ever a lot of people from Alberta here? Look at all these planes." <laughs> Yeah, and then then it took me a couple seconds to realize I was in Alberta, so they're supposed to be there and I'm not, so it was kind of weird. Well, that's good. It's good to do new things. It's good to do new things. And like I said, yeah, if it, you come back and you let me know, I'll uh, I'll make sure we come down too because uh, 
we didn't, we're not doing it this year, but we're definitely on the map for next year. Well, you know, it, 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 I, I'm not going to uh, uh, assume anything, but uh, BC does play Calgary next year. There you go. Well, but you've got to admit, the stadium's old, it's close, but there isn't really a bad seat. The way it's built, they're, they're all really, you get a good view of the field from anywhere on there. Yeah, you know the one I do thing always that, enjoy uh, that. The one thing that pissed Will off a lot, that stadium was mm. empty. There, there was oh, not yeah. oh, long fifteen thousand people there. There was not fifteen thousand people. No way. I don't know long what the weekend, attendance was. Yeah. Long weekend, rainy. I don't know what else you want to say. It just, it was not. There was not a lot of people there. There were the whole upper bowl up there. There was, it was empty. And then the rest but of, all the six of my seat, all six of my seats were full and then some. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. You guys were overflowing. Well, yeah. I, I have to warn you though, of course, that if we do come, I'm six, two and a half and 300 pounds. And my middle boy is actually six, four now and about two eighty. So <laughs> I know you're going to, I'm going to have to sit on the end. <laughs> so at least maybe I've got two skinny I've, kids I've, though. Yeah. Okay. We'll you can sit the by the skinny, skinny boys. Beside you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We'll put the skinny guys beside you. Okay. Uh, that would be good. That would be good. Charles, Mike's open, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing good. I was actually going to say that because I saw a bunch of pictures that people put from the uh, that game on Sunday, or on, uh, I guess it was Saturday, not Sunday. And I looked at it, I'm like, boy, people always make fun of BC Place for being empty. Look at this place. I'm like, there's nobody here. Yeah, there's yeah. nobody there. But uh, you know, that's that's what you get when uh, when you're going in and uh, on a uh, on a long weekend. Long weekends are terrible times to have home games. So fortunately, the Lions didn't get one. Of course, we're getting screwed with a friggin' Thursday game this week. But uh, you know, it is what it is. So you take what the you crowds, get. What you get. So the, the crowds at McMahon usually start on Labor Day. So yeah. Same here. Yeah, the summer's got to be over, and that's just a fact. So, you know, everybody wants to start the season sooner. I would rather start the season later because more fans want to see it, but then you guys are start whining about winter and shit. So, Yeah, I want to sit at the Grey Cup in January. Uh-huh. Yeah, that would be (laughs) – Exactly. Well, Well, maybe they should just make it at – Maybe they should just make it at BC Place all the time. Well, yeah. You can have it in January. I have no problem with that. Yeah, Me no. either. I, I don't. It's a, it's a nice place to have game in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Let's uh, talk some football here. You guys ready to do that? Anything you want to bring up before we get into the, the games this weekend? Because they, they were pretty spectacular games. I was really impressed with them. Did you bring Mark in? Yeah, yep. Mark's here. We were talking okay, about his here. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, just making sure I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah. No, we're we're all good on that one. Yep. So, uh, right. first game up, what was it? Oh, yeah, Ottawa, Toronto. Can you imagine being down that much in the first quarter and actually still be able to come and play football? I mean, Montreal was down that much. <laughs> Toronto did, but Toronto did something about it. What a spectacular game and an absolutely fabulous finish. Uh, 
who was it that I was talking to somebody and they they uh, didn't want to know what was going on because they want oh that was the guy Lord Coat never mind okay Ottawa Toronto first half first half was kind of boring second half was spectacular one of the best games of the season Mark you didn't watch it did you um, no I followed some updates along as much as I could with my lovely internet out camping but uh, saw a bunch of highlights and caught up on some articles and stuff like that so uh, really it's obviously a game of two two halves that's the obvious statement um, this Bethel the law firm guy's name what is it? Bethel Thompson McLeod Matthew Bethel Thompson yeah and McLeod. Don't fuck TDs. up his name so bad. Yeah. To to throw for four TDs. You know, in the second half. Yeah. You know, yes, he's a second seven year pro, but I think this is the first game he's ever really played. Definitely in the CFL. <laughs> he only had a cup of coffee in Winnipeg to do as well as he did in that second half. Yeah, Ottawa obviously took their foot off the gas at 28-7 at the half, you know, and every defense does it. They started playing that prevent, which we all know we all hate. And that's what Ottawa did, and then they just went flat, and Toronto's defense picked it up. And Harris did what Harris does. He throws for all these yards. He's always up around, if not over 300, but he has a hard time finishing games, and he proved it again. And it's great to see uh, Wilder had a decent game, so that was nice to see. But S.J. Green to finally have a breakout game this year. That's his first huge game. He had 134 yards. So just to see that is great. But uh, at least it will make the East a little bit more competitive if this kid can keep throwing the ball the way he is. It was an amazing second half. Did, it, did, was he successful in this in in this game because nobody's got film on him? Is this about to crash and burn? I don't or, know if it'll crash and burn. Like, or is he the, the real thing? From watching the highlights, uh, the throws that he was making, his completions and stuff, he had a good arm. It's not like the guys were making these amazingly crazy catches. No. Yeah, you know, um, that's the Edmonton game coming up. Was Edmonton getting all those catches? But he just threw a beautiful ball. He only had 70 yards passing in the first half. So to end the game with 310 yards in the second half, that's crazy. That's great. You you can't ask for better stats than that from a a Mike Riley, never mind a guy who's playing his first pro game in the CFL. Yeah, no, I know. It was was pretty amazing. I mean, he just ripped, ripped the Ottawa defense apart in the second half. And he's got a strong arm. Tore him a new one. It was kind of weird. Yeah, you know, the amazing stats that you got in here is uh, James Wilder Jr., 17 yards for 70, or 17 carries for 33, 73 yards. But the, the worst one, 14 carries for 35 yards, William Powell. Yep. What the hell? 2.5 yard average? He's disappeared the last two or three Man, games. Just yep. gone. You, you can't win football games unless you're doing that. And right now it seems to be the Deontay Spencer, Brad Sinopoli show that's keeping them alive. Yeah, they've still got good receivers. It's just their running game. When you need it in the fourth quarter, your running game isn't there. It it hurts. So you can't who always the, throw the ball. Who is the goat in this game? 
You guys got one? I do. I do. Yeah. Okay. Mark, throw it out there and let's go on. I'm going to go with um, Bethel Thompson McLeod. No, that's not the, the oh, goat. Okay. No, the goat. That's, no, that's not what I mean. You're not talking about the greatest, loss. greatest of all times. That's not the okay. goat. I'm talking about the the guy who wears the goat goat horns off. This is this one. I'm okay. gonna. Uh, wait, the, wait, wait, since I didn't watch the game, that's a hard one for me. Okay, no worries. Let's let's move on. Will, go ahead. Yeah. Your, your turn, buddy. The goat. What? The goat was Toronto's defense in the fourth quarter. <laughs> they let in 22 points. I mean, no, that's Ottawa. Come on. Ottawa defense. Sorry, Ottawa defense. Sorry, Ottawa yeah, defense. Yeah. They let in 22 yeah. points. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, Trevor Harris had Mike Riley numbers, but then he disappeared. And then their Completely defense disappeared. Totally. Yeah. Then their defense disappeared, and it was like, wow. I'm sitting there. I had last five minutes of the game. I'm sitting there. Toronto's going to win this game because they can't do anything wrong. And everything they did was was right. And everything Ottawa did was horrible. Touchdown and, on the uh, final second. One second left on the clock, and they won the game. I mean, I know I know Calgary can disappear when they're up 28-7, to 7, but obviously Ottawa can't. So, um, yeah, there's not much to say. It's got to be uh, one of the biggest meltdowns in a long time. And I don't understand how you can't stop something like that from happening. You know, you know, you know that Toronto yeah. was part of the biggest meltdown that I've ever seen in CFL. I'm pretty sure it was. And I was, I was watching them on the sky train coming into town to watch a BC game. It was a double header night and Toronto had Calgary just on the ropes, right? They were up by 20 some odd points and I get to BC place and uh, Calgary had won. Do you remember that game? It was it was How at least long three, was that? three years ago. It was at least three years ago. Yeah, probably not. Charles remembers all this probably shit. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Charles. Well, it's just um, they just I don't know what happened to the Ottawa Red Blacks in the third in the fourth quarter. Their their off their defense was playing uh, lights out, and their offense is playing lights out. And the play of the Toronto Argonauts, people were saying through the most of the first half and really almost first three quarters, people were online saying that Toronto was making the Montreal Alouettes look good because they were an absolute, utter disaster in the first three quarters. And I wonder how many many people shut this game off because after the third quarter, it was 38-20, to And they were coming back a little bit, but at one point the Argos were down by 24. And they just, the fourth quarter was a completely different game. The offense and the defense of the Ottawa Red Blacks vanished, while the Argos looked like a powerhouse. It was just bizarre. I've never, well, I shouldn't say never, but very seldomly seen uh, a team so soundly beaten through three quarters just do a complete and utter turnaround, and they're able to uh, um, pull out a victory in the final second, literally one second left on the clock. And our old buddy Lucius Purifoy, uh it ends up costing him his job because 
Yeah. He gets the axe uh, from Ottawa earlier today, either earlier today or yesterday. I believe he was the one that was beaten on the winning touchdown. And that was the end of that in Ottawa. And remarkable, remarkable um, comeback for the Argos. Uh, I know we'll talk about it a little bit later. But uh, it was a remarkable comeback for the Argos. And, boy, Ottawa, who who got away with one a few weeks ago beating the Lions, are probably walking away uh, knowing that they had this game basically all sewn up and they let it slip away from them. Yeah. It, are you kidding me? Did did Purifoy actually get cut today? Yep. yep. Really? Yep, he did. Yes, he did. That's who I was looking for. I was looking to see who, who was the GOAT for this game, and it was Lucius Purifoy was released. Yeah, I forgot about but him. I thought, I, thought, I thought he played great this year. I thought he was all over the field this year. Well, he's, wow. a, he's a good DB. I hope he picks him up. I know. Wow. Yeah, I hope BC picks him up. Okay. So, uh, okay, here, here's where it was. I'm going to, before, before I introduce Chris, it was, uh, I'm going to go back here for a second. It was, 2000, it was week 12 in 2014. It was September 13th, and the Toronto Argonauts were playing the Calgary Stampeders, and they were up 29-10 to 10 at the half. 29-10. to 10, And they lost 40-33. to 33. Now, is that not an epic meltdown? Well, for some teams, but when you got but when you got Bo Levi as your quarterback, you can come back at any second, Christopher. He must have had 500 yards in that game. Bo Levi had 128 yards. <laughs> he was also a rookie that year. 128 yards. Ricky Ray had 338 yards and four touchdown passes. Then how the hell did they score 44 points? 40 points. Toronto How got 33 points. Wow. Right? Four touchdowns is 28 yep. points. Yeah. Ricky Ray, 338 yards, four touchdowns, and they lost. And Bo Levi Mitchell was 128 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Wow. Defense Lewis, must have come up big. Yeah, defense had to come up big. Well, you, you still scored 40 points, right? 30 points in the second no. half to, Calgary, to Toronto's four. They were outscored 30 no. to four in the second half. Okay, anyhow. That, that was a last epic meltdown that I saw. And then, you know what? Ottawa's is right up there with that. Totally up there with that. Okay, Chris, come on in. Sorry. Sorry to do that. Yeah, well... <clears throat> No, that's fine. I mean, that's it's like everybody said. I mean, it was a tale of two two different games. It was first half and second half, or even just the one last quarter. Um, I watched the whole thing, and uh, I was I was amazed. But I, I I do think that I mean, obviously Franklin's going to have to be waiting a while. But I think that we won't. He looked he he looked good, Bethel, but uh, Thompson, but. I, I think it's going to be a little bit more return to earth. I think that I was really surprised that that happened to a Noel Thorpe defense. I really was. Um, they looked great, and I thought 
they had he had control of it, and I don't know what happened. And I mean, letting go a, a player like Purefoy is ridiculous. I mean, it is what it is. How do you blame one player for for what happened, right? Um, well, hang on, hang but, on. I can blame one player for the loss in the Western Final going back about three years, four years ago. And without without question, uh, that was Kochi Mwamba. Yeah, but you got to be beat more than once to to be. The he got beat three times in the I mean, first five minutes for touchdowns. Yep. Yeah, and I mean that's and that's reasonable. And I mean we all know what level he plays at and and who he is and that. But you can't say that it happened to Purifoy. I mean, even if it was no. the last touchdown, it's still it was still what it was. I mean. It was one bad play. You can't let somebody go when you think that that's. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just it, it sh- I shake my head and I know Pierre Foy will land somewhere quick, and I, I just I don't. No, Thorpe just amazed me. When if, if they did go into prevent, I don't know why the hell they would for that long, but I guess maybe they get sucked into the trap. But like what happened, I just don't know. I was watching the game and I can't even tell you what happened. Um, I don't think it was Bethel Thompson being the world's greatest quarterback. I, I think we're going to see that adjust as people get film on him and understand what he brings to the game. Uh, he's not the first one to have a, a spectacular first game. I mean, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think that um, Cato had the exact same thing against Calgary his first game, um, beat Calgary. Uh, it's hard. Yeah, but Calgary always loses to Montreal in Montreal. <laughs> yeah, but he had a good game against Calgary. Let's and it was his first, right? Nobody knew what he had brought, and I mean, we all knew he could run, but you know, like you got to watch film. I mean, that's what makes these. That's what people don't understand about the next level is is how much film study they're actually involved. Like these guys are all superb athletes. In high school and even in the college level, you can you can be an amazing football player just based off of talent when you're that much better than everybody else. But at the pro level, if you don't study film endlessly and understand everything about your opponent and and that, then you just you're not going to make it. And obviously, that when you don't have a film on a quarterback like that, it makes it very hard to do that. So I, I think there's always that first couple games is always. I mean, especially when they're a decent quarterback. I mean, the guy's got skills. That's like, like Bethel Thompson's got skills. He displayed them. He seems very accurate to me. Um, obviously can read a defense not bad. We'll see what happens going forward. I, I definitely think Franklin's going to be waiting for another start for a while, though, which is unfortunate and that he didn't wasn't able to perform. But uh, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, it was a great game to watch. I mean, how can you complain, right, especially when you don't, when you're not really cheering for either team and you get to just watch an amazing comeback, probably one of the best in a long time, it was exciting football right down to the last second. So I enjoyed the game. Nobody gets to this stage of the game without having talent. Okay. These are all the best athletes in their positions at their, at, at this point in time in their lives. Right. I mean, that's why they're playing pro football. Right. I mean, if they were better than this, they would be in the NFL. And if they were worse than this, they would be at J.C. Penney's. So, I mean, these yep. guys are all high-quality athletes. These are all exceptionally skilled football players. So I'm not going to say that one's better than the other. But Chris is right, man. It's all about film. It's all about <clears throat> tendencies and what this guy likes to do and what this 
defensive coordinator wants to do and what this offensive coordinator wants to do. It's about studying film. And you, you don't make it without it. Yeah. Too many too many hours yeah. in the film room. And when you've got a quarterback that's brand new like that, you just don't have the film to watch. And yeah. it's an advantage. It's a huge advantage. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I hope Toronto has their answer, and I hope this guy's a, a star in the league. I mean, we need more quarterbacks that are stars. So, But I'm not going to read too much into it. Um, but, but good on him. It was a hell of a comeback. It was a hell of a team effort. And... I think there was lots of mistakes made on onto Ottawa's part. I, I, like I said, I cannot believe that Noel Thorpe went into pre- prevent defense for a quarter. That's absolutely ridiculous. Maybe yeah. even a half. That's horrible I, I don't, decision. And I didn't really see him so playing aggressive. prevent defense that much, though. You know, I really didn't. Well, they stopped it, it, they stopped rushing a bunch, and they started dropping more. And that's that's really the tendency of that prevent, right? You only rush yeah, three, four. You start dropping that seven, nine back kind of thing. Saskatchewan did it. Saskatchewan does it all the time. You see it, and they, it's horrible. But, but, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, it is what it is. It was a great, exciting game to watch. We'll see what Toronto can do. But Toronto's got to be a heck of a lot more consistent. So is Ottawa. Like, they both showed issues, right? Like, it was a great game to watch. But if I was a fan of either team, I would still be really worried because they both had huge issues. <laughs> Yep. With certain things. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and it, I, it is. I, and... I, I can't believe they actually blame this on Purifoy. I'd have to look at the Come game on, film I... again just to see. I mean, I guess you can't fire the whole defense or you can't fire the coach, right? So. Well, I mean, he's, like... he's new to the team, right? So maybe yeah, it's because he's I new. Don't like... I don't know. Maybe he's not fitting. And he, signed, and he signed as a free agent too, right? So. Yeah, maybe just, I don't know. It's weird. That's a weird one. You know, I'm always hard on Purifoy, and even I'm going to say that this wasn't his fault. He was one of the top tacklers on the team for the game. He He left out. Actually, for the whole season, he's been all over the place, I thought. They had to find a scapegoat, I guess. Yeah. I'm betting he does not come back to B.C., I, I would bet money he doesn't. No, I he's got so. their defense set, and he's not coming back. But he uh, could use them. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. And you know what? That that's one of the reasons I've noticed him this year because he's been all over the field, and I kept on saying to myself, "How did BC lose him?" So. <laughs> How did BC lose him? Yeah. Wally didn't think he was that good. Well. Hmm. His last of a but while in DC, he, he wasn't. But that did he play Sam? There. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. Sam, okay. He's in a tough spot. That is a tough position. Yeah. Doesn't matter. You're professional. Play it. Play it as best you can, right? Yep. Okay. Moving on. Saskatchewan Rough Riders went into Commonwealth and played the Eskimos. This game was never in question. Oh, hang on. Before we get get back, we got to go back to who won the game. Ottawa-Toronto game. Final score, 42-41 for Toronto. 
Charles, you picked Ottawa. Nobody was. Yep. Mark, you picked Ottawa. Chris, you picked Ottawa. There's only two people picked Toronto. That's Will and CJ. Will picked them 18-14. 18-14. You're off by a little bit. About 40 points. I wasn't much better. I picked them 28-21. I win this one. CJ wins this one. I get the gold sticker. Yay. Can you hear the fans? <laughs> Cheering in the background. Yay. I actually I thought I picked fan. Ottawa. I actually picked Ottawa. I thought I had picked Ottawa, but I, when I looked at my I sheet. I thought no, you it, had too. No. Yeah. Okay. It, 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 had, it wasn't changed. It wasn't scribbled out or anything. I got my original notes here, and it says, CJ, pick Toronto. Okay. So, moving on. Saskatchewan Rough Riders going into Commonwealth to play the Eskimos. And like I said, this game was never in question. Edmonton had Saskatchewan's number from the opening kickoff to the final whistle. And every, all, you know, the Ryder fans, oh, they had hope. Oh, yeah, they're coming back. Oh, yeah, they're going to they're, they're gonna get past Mike Riley. You're never going to get past Mike Riley. Mike Riley just sat there. He was like on cruise control, boom, ba-doom, 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 playing football. I'm going down and saying, okay, uh, Let's turn it up a notch and win. And that's what he did. So, my opinion, it, Saskatchewan didn't have a hope in this game, and it looked like it all the way through it. And, yeah, there were glimmers of hope for Ryder fans, but I, I, I think Edmonton was just teasing them. Personal opinion, uh, it, yeah. Anyhow, Chris, what do you think on this one? Well, I agree with you. I mean, it was. Uh, I mean, it was a very typical game. I, I did. I did get times of, of a little bit of worry uh, that Saskatchewan might come back. Um, they didn't look horrible. Uh, Carter's back on offense. Um, they didn't Marshall throw him the ball. Very good. No, I know. Uh, but Marshall looked really good when he came back. I mean, he's much better than Car- Carter at that position, clearly. And uh, Marshall had a great game. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I I thought that it was close close a couple times where I thought maybe Saskatchewan was going to come back, but uh, but you're right. Mike Riley goes out and he does what Mike Riley does, and he starts making some connections with Walker and those guys, and and then you you feel a bit more comfortable that that it's going to go the way you were cheering for, and uh, uh, it was a good game. It was. Uh, I would have liked to have seen more from. Edmonton's defense, but I've been saying that since the beginning of the year. I just think that they have some huge holes in their D, and I, I think that's what made it interesting was that their D was their D's lacking, and it's too bad because Mike Riley is so good that if they could have even put together an average defense, they could do things. But yeah, they they still scare the heck out of me when I watch them play because they just they're just not very good on the back end at all. Although you know what, I I think that the 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 question of who won the last not this year's uh, draft, the last year's is pretty much answered because I think uh, uh, Boateng there is a pretty amazing uh, player. Um, he's really uh, come into his own quick. Uh, he had a great game. I, I like the pressure he put on. I think he got one or two sacks. Like he, he he's a heck of a player for a second year. So. 
Um, I do enjoy watching him play, and I mean, he's got a great nickname, right? The uh, earthquake thing there, so earthquake who so <laughs> can't uh, yeah. can't be disappointed about that. So, uh, but yeah, once it gets past their front, uh, their back is just horrible, and I it just shows, right? Like they <laughs> they struggle to stop Saskatchewan, and they didn't have a very good game. I mean, uh, I, I I did like what Calaris did. Um, I'm I'm encouraged that. Potentially, maybe he isn't ruined, and maybe he isn't a write-off. Uh, I thought he looked good. I thought he did pretty pretty darn good, and he took a couple hits, and he got up, and hey, maybe he is going to come back. Maybe uh, maybe we haven't seen the last of him, and that's, that's a good thing for the league. So I was encouraged by that. He looked good. I thought he looked good. But, yeah, they definitely didn't throw to Carter enough, and I hate the guy, but, I mean, he's one of your best receivers. you got to use him. And, um but uh, but yeah, I I thought it was I I didn't think it was never in question. I thought there was a couple times where it looked like they'd come back, and I was a little nervous. But uh, but it was a quality game, and it was definitely a fun game to watch. Uh, a little tense at a first, certain moments, but uh, but yeah, it was good. I, I really enjoyed it, and I like I said, I like their front. Um, Saskatchewan's D is strong, super strong, but that's Chris Jones' strength, and their O is not. <laughs> that's not his strength, clearly. But I did like what Claris brought. I, I did like what Claris did, and hopefully he just keeps improving from there. Yeah. And, you know, the stats say that uh, Edmonton did not sack Zach Claris. Oh, okay. So, I thought, I don't I thought know Boateng got him once. But maybe it was just a hurry then. Maybe it was just a yeah, – maybe he crossed the line of scrimmage then or something. Yeah, it's coming up as zeros for sacks for everybody. So, okay. now, although Saskatchewan had four on Riley, yes, yes, they did. Yeah, amazing. No, that I man mean gets their up. front. Yeah, I mean their front. Uh, Saskatchewan. I mean Saskatchewan D's is amazing, but I mean we all know Jones is a, a great D guy. I put him up there with Noel Thorpe. I, I think they're the geniuses on the D. Um, and, uh, unfortunately he's the guy in charge of everything and he's in charge of the O as well. And he just doesn't know his O as well. <laughs> like, I mean, he's got an ego on him, but man, oh man, he should really hire an OC because he's just struggling with that part of it. Well, doesn't I mean, he have he one? Is phenomenal. He, he has one. Doesn't he have one? He's got McAdoo. Yeah. Oh, Okay. Then I guess he needs to hire a GM that find him players that are offensive players and not defensive that's, players. <laughs> that's exactly what he needs. Ugh. It's the good best offensive player he puts on defense anyways. So Yeah. Yeah, that, I, well, I he's can't notorious eat. for it. I can't understand that's okay. that. I think, that's okay. He's I mean, working out this uh he's working out another offensive player I heard just the other day. Yeah, this it, guy, it, uh, leave it or something. We'll talk about it later. Leave yeah, but he's gonna make him. He's gonna make him the safety. So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> they well, they actually worked Jaron Carter out as linebacker. So I mean, like, give my give you a head a shake. I just if, look at the physique between Adam Big Hill and Jaron Carter. They're not interchangeable. Okay, they are not interchangeable. I'm assuming okay. he was a Sam though. He would. He, they would have had to have tried him as that nickel, because I mean, Wall's playing Sam for Calgary, and he ain't no big linebacker either. So there's that that nickel back thing that pretty much the Sam's yeah. become that yeah. nickel back, where it's really a glorified I, DB. 
I, I understand, but you, you know what I mean. Okay. No, I so, know. Uh, I know. It was silly. William. Okay, Todd yeah. Dougie, your friend there, he just came up and said that Saskatchewan D is actually sixth in the league. Sixth. So they're not – Chris Jones is not that amazing. Yeah. Well, but they played a darn good game. They And they've had two games in a row where – I mean, they might have started slow, but their last two games, that D's look really solid. Like, I mean, it, it hasn't always been, but their last two games, the D was the best part of that, that game for them, 100%. And okay. and I was gonna say CJ uh, and uh, Travis Lulee throws deep more than anybody else in the league. Anyways, yeah. um, you know what? Zach Kolaris had better stats than Mike Riley. <laughs> oh yeah, so he threw for more yards. Yeah, I think I think I think Zach Kolaris looked pretty good. Um, I wasn't expecting much, and I think he showed a little light. And if there's anybody that I'd like to see do well in the CFL right now, it would be him because he's had such a crap time in the last two years. And uh, it's nice to see a guy like that who's not completely done. Because, yeah, he had, he had, well, sorry, he had three more yards, four more yards than Mike Riley. But still. I mean, he had a much better completion yeah, percentage. Yeah, I mean... Uh, you know what? I didn't expect Saskatchewan to win. Yes, I did. I picked them, didn't I? Because I wouldn't pick Edmonton, so I wouldn't pick Edmonton. You know that. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a competitive game, but I didn't think it was ever in doubt. So, I mean, Mike Riley is not going to lose lose to Saskatchewan very often. And that was was that in Edmonton or Saskatchewan? That was in Edmonton. Thirty five thousand Okay. Okay. So they lost. So Saskatchewan's on a two-game losing streak, are they not? Yes, they are. At least two-game losing streak. Because they lost to uh, the two best teams in the CFL right now, so in a row. So well, and they that play Calgary much next. About them. And they play Calgary next in Saskatchewan once again after a bye week. So good luck with that one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was a it was a good game to watch. I enjoyed that game, but. Uh, Nothing really fantastic came out of it, other than Saskatchewan losing. And like like we talked about, Christopher Jones. I I don't think he's a Chris Jones. I don't think I really don't think he's a head coach, in my opinion. I think he's a defensive coordinator, and he should stick there, and he'd do really well. But he is he is the head coach. And I know everybody says he won a Grey Cup in Edmonton, but my grandmother could have won a Grey Cup with Mike Riley. So. I mean, there you go. Go ahead. Charles. Hmm. Still not a fan of the uh, secondary of the um, Edmonton Eskimos. I still think they give up too many, too much yardage. Uh, they're, they're playing against a guy coming off a concussion, and he gave up 261 yards. Um he should have showed some ring rust. I think that that secondary made it too easy on Zach Caleros. Zach Caleros did have a good game, passing for 261 yards, but still, he can have good game after good game. I still feel he's just one hit away from being out again. So while he's playing well, well, I mean, hell, I guess you could say the same thing about Travis Lule, but he's playing well, but there's always that uh, that in the back of your mind, you know, this guy could get hurt again. So, 
But you know what? You can't live your life thinking the guy's going to get hurt. So, um, yeah, Mike Riley, if you look at Riley's stats, he really had a lou- not a lousy game, but not a very good game. Only He didn't even complete 50% of his passes, 257 yards. That's pretty average ho-hum for Mike Riley. Only one touchdown pass. He still won the game. And when your quarterback plays like that, kind of mediocre, and he still wins, um, that's uh, kind of scary. Um, C.J. Gable had another strong game, 81 yards and a touchdown. Mike Riley also ran for a touchdown. And uh, the Eskimos did a good job of really shutting down Marcus Thigpen. He's been putting up some pretty good numbers. They shot him down with only 17 yards rushing. But then Trey Mason, this other young running back that um, – Saskatchewan had he ran for 62 yards, so very interesting there for the um, Stampede or for the uh, Riders. But I'm kind of with on with CJ on this one. Even though the game was relatively close, I always got the feeling that Edmonton was going to pull it out in the end, and they did. I just I just think they're that much better than Saskatchewan. I I just am not convinced that Saskatchewan is a very good football team. And the fact that Chris Jones is out trying out you-know-who, I'm not going to bring it up a lot because we are going to talk about it later. Uh, it just, I don't, that's the least of their problems. So why is he the GM? Why is this what he's looking for? But um, anyways, Edmonton wins again. It's another good win for them. And um, they roll on. And I think, uh, who was it? The Saskatchewan is a bye week, then they play Edmonton again, right? That would, I think Will just said that, didn't he? Or yeah, there's a buy, and then that. they're back in, in Saskatchewan playing Calgary in Saskatchewan. again. Hmm. So, you Good know, it, it's that, all, the, so. all the all the Ryder fans that are, like, Belton Johnson put out the, his power rankings, right? And Ty yeah. Cats are in, in fourth place, and the Riders are in sixth place. And all the Ryder fans are going, oh, Ty Cats and the Riders should be switched. And Wrong. I keep responding with, why? Based on Justi- what? Justify your comments, Okay. Yeah, it doesn't make any it was, sense. It, the game with Edmonton was never in question, and the Ticats absolutely destroyed Montreal, right? Absolutely yep. destroyed. Yeah, it was 100%. Montreal, but they absolutely destroyed them, okay? Now Saskatchewan's got to turn around and play Calgary again right away. So how do I yeah. feel that they're more powerful? I don't. It doesn't make any sense. They're not more powerful because they're losing – and I don't see them having much of a chance at winning their next game either. So I, I agree couple. with you. I don't know. Next couple, they're they're in really tough for the next little while. They've got a lousy schedule. Yeah. So, you know, okay, what is it? Week nine, they've got a bye. Then they're in uh, – they come back from the bye, and they are playing Calgary. And then they play – well, then they play B.C., that's going to be a, you know, and then they play Winnipeg. That's an interesting and, one. And then they play Winnipeg. Like, that's Labor Day, right? They play Winnipeg back-to-back, yep. Yep. Yeah. That's right. And and then Ottawa's in town. So, they're, they're, it's not, BC's the only game that they're, they're, they could win. <laughs> and that's yeah, I know that not the, a given for them either. No, 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 it's not. Especially since it is in BC. Yes. If it was in Saskatchewan, I wouldn't even be talking about it. But, you know. Okay. Who needs to go here? Who's who's left? Mark? Yep, just me. 
Uh, this game I actually did listen to on my phone. I got a strong enough signal. I was able to listen to the entire game. Unfortunately, I had to listen to Rod Peterson and Luke Mullinder. Mullinder? Yeah. Have you ever listened Rider to football. Have you ever listened to Mullinder? No. <laughs> he played in the league, right? Yep. He knows nothing about football. I'm about to get blasted. He knows absolutely nothing. It was one of the most painful experiences that I've had. <laughs> but with the game, um, like everybody has said pretty much, I never thought that the Riders really were even in the game. Calaros had a great game for coming back off that injury. Christopher, uh, does this not remind you of the 2011 Bombers? Where you've got a very good quarterback, but is one hit away from his career being over. And you've got a very good defense dragging that team into the playoffs. Well, I don't think that was BC. No, that was Winnipeg. No, you think Winnipeg in 2011. Winnipeg in 2011. Yeah, I. But you didn't, you know, you didn't have a good word? quarterback. Who was your good quarterback? Buck Pierce. Buck Pierce. Buck Pierce. Yeah. Man. But he was they one had a away very from good quarterback. Yeah, and it, I, I personally don't think Saskatchewan's making the playoffs this year. Did I say that out loud? Whoops. Well, of course, we all think. Well, mind you, I picked them to finish second place. I think that they can squeeze in, whether it's in the West or the. Don't forget, there's the East. Now, hang on, hang on, hang on. Stop for a second, Mark, because what you just said was stupid, okay? They're not going to squeeze into the Western Division. You have Calgary, Edmonton, and Winnipeg. Those are the the three playoff positions. The only place they could get is the crossover, and that means they have to be higher than BC. Okay, so that's the only hope that they have, because there's no way they're going to take out Winnipeg or, or Edmonton for second place. We know Calgary already has first in the West wrapped up. Yes. Okay, week eight, it, it's wrapped up. Nobody can touch Calgary. Okay, it's not going to happen. Okay, and, and the reason why I say that right now is Edmonton is two games behind Calgary, right? They've got mm-hmm. two losses. Okay, so that means that Calgary would have, Edmonton would have to win every game for the rest of the season, and Calgary would have to lose three for Edmonton to get ahead of them. Who believes that that's possible? Oh, of course, nobody does. Okay. Nope. Calgary has the first top overall in this league wrapped up. They've got it sealed, signed, sealed, and delivered. It's, they're taking this, this one home. What they do in the playoffs in the Grey Cup is a whole different ball game because they, they usually don't do well. But regular season, they've got it made. This is theirs. They, they've got it. Nobody's going to touch them in there. Edmonton at 5-2. and two. Okay. Winnipeg at 4-3. and three. Saskatchewan at 3-4. and four. Winnipeg would seriously have to shit the bed for Saskatchewan to come back on them right now because I think Edmonton is a far superior team than the Saskatchewan Rough Riders ever could be in this year. Okay, They just don't have the talent that Winnipeg does. Winnipeg is a well-stacked football team with a mediocre QB. Okay, And their QB is playable, and he's doing a good job for what he is. So you know what? Winnipeg lost a couple of really shitty games this year. Don't expect that trend to continue, okay? They're not going to lose the games coming up. They're just not. So, you know, I, I'm sorry. 
that the, the, the West is sold right now at Calgary, Edmonton, and Winnipeg. Whether it's Winnipeg and Edmonton or Edmonton and Winnipeg, I don't know. Calgary's got top spot. So if there's a crossover, if there's a crossover, it's going to be BC or Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. Anybody can argue with that? Can you put up nope. a real argument against it? No. And, and you know what? Honestly, I, call me a homer. BC's a better team than the Riders. All round. As long as Lule stays healthy. As yep. long as Lule stays healthy. Better quarterback. Better, better team. Far better. So, Saskatchewan's and missing if, the playoffs. If Kalara stays healthy, who knows? Especially who knows? if Lule goes down. Because I, I enjoyed the – I saw the highlights of that and then listening to it on the radio – he was a little off at times, but it's to be expected coming back from a concussion. Uh, their defense is going to have to be better. You know, Todd did put that up. They are sixth in the league in stats. They give up a lot of yards, but they're good enough to be able to play that style defense, and they have that strong defensive line. You know, Hughes, what did Hughes have two sacks again? You know, he's by far the leader. So, I just, I think they have a good chance of getting in. So, but that's it. Okay. So, that's the end of this game. Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Edmonton Eskimos. Edmonton took it 26-29. Who wins the jackpot on this one? Yeah, well, it's not Will, because he picked the Riders. Charles, you're at 35 points to 35-28 was your score. You're out by a bunch. Yep. I was out by way too much. Comes down to Chris and Mark. And Mark, you're only out by three points. George, buddy. Wow. Nice. You picked job, 24. Mark. You picked 24-20, and it was 26-19. So you're out by two one way and one on the other. When you're up by three points, you usually win these things. Okay. Next game. Oh, my fucking God. Was Montreal absolutely terrible? Absolutely terrible. And let's face it, 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 this is not, you cannot blame this one on Johnny Manziel. You cannot blame this loss on Johnny Manziel. The defense gave up 50 points. That's not a quarterback problem. The quarterback problem was the fact that they only scored 11. Okay, that's the quarterback problem. The defense problem is that they gave up 50 points. Four picks. Two of them weren't his fault. They were tipped balls. They were right on the hands of his receivers, and his receivers should have had both of those balls. And they let it slide over to the other team. Okay. Wow. I, I don't know what to say about this game. It was just absolutely pathetic. And it made Hamilton look far better than what they are. But it just shows how bad Montreal really is. I mean, did we expect anything else from Johnny Manziel coming in? He was, it, it, he's been in the league since the beginning of the season. He's been in Montreal for less than two weeks. He had four practices. Four practices before they made him a starter. And they're sticking with them this week again. I don't, I don't doubt it. I, I don't have a problem with them sticking with them because you know what? At this point in time, 
he's going to sink or swim, and he's going to have to learn. Throw him in the water. Throw him in the deep end. See if he can swim. Because that's what they're doing to him. Wow. 50 to 11. I, there's no words to describe this. It, 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 it's a disaster. Uh, you know, we, said, we called them a tire fire, a train rack, a dumpster fire. We called them all sorts of things. They're just shit. Let's call a spade a spade here. They're just shit. Charles. I just can't imagine the uh, the um, the dejected Montreal fans. Here this was all week. It was a big game. It was Johnny Manziel. We're finally going to see Johnny football. He's going to play, and he's been built up, and TSN talks about him constantly, and this and this and that. And then by the end of the first quarter, their jaws were probably on the floor, and they're just wanting to go home. After all the hype... Uh, through that entire um, uh, week with the big hype, and everyone was saying, oh, this is the guy, this is the guy, and they made the big trade, and then they come out, and they just absolutely lay an egg. And you're right. You cannot put this at Johnny Manziel's feet. He had been with the team less than two weeks. The defense are the ones that gave up 28 points, the horrifically bad defense that gave up 21 points. It was just embarrassing. And it's hard to really um, quantify how bad this really was because they were just an utter train wreck in this game. I mean, they were down. The game was over after the first quarter. It was 28 to nothing after one quarter. They're lucky they didn't give up 70 or 80 points the way they were playing. I think that the, what happened with the the Hamilton offense must have gotten tired running up and down the field so much because they had nobody stopping them, not in the first quarter. It's hard to score 28 points in a single quarter, but they made it look easy. I believe they had 28 points with time to spare. And, yes, Johnny Manziel um, – Threw some interceptions early. I'm not disputing that. But your defense has to make some stops, especially when you've got an inexperienced quarterback. That's when your defense has got to step up and compensate for that. They did no such thing. They uh, they cowered. It was just embarrassing. And you know what? I'm sorry, but after a loss like that with all that hype, both Kevin Reed and Mike Sherman should have been fired. That's how bad that was. That was an utter embarrassment by this team. And they're regressing. I remember I mentioned about the Argos game, how everyone was saying uh, that the Argos were making the Alouettes look good. Well, the Alouettes decided to say, hold my beer, and then come out and lay an egg. It was embarrassing. This team has been bad in the past, but this might be... If this isn't rock bottom for this team... I honestly don't know what will be because this was just an embarrassing performance. And, I mean, I guess you could say good on Hamilton and coming back, but they really had no opposition in this one. And they were on cruise control by the end of the first quarter. They didn't have to do a lot because this was an absolute disaster. And Johnny Manziel, yeah, he didn't play great, but he was thrown into the deep end. Uh, surrounded by sharks. So, 
whatever. Uh, Montreal is just a black hole right now. John, Johnny Manziel completed his first three passes. I mean, that's Hamilton. amazing. One to Montreal and two to Hamilton. Okay? He had two interceptions and one reception in his first three attempts. Oh, my good Lord, that is atrocious. You can't blame him. You, you can't. Chris. Yeah, well, that pretty much sums it up, doesn't it? I mean, it was a horrible game for Montreal, and where do they go from here? I don't know. They keep putting Manziel out and see what they can do. But, well, you, you can't do anything um, else. No, no, because you don't have any. I mean, Vernon Adams has some potential, but, I mean, it's going to be wrecked being on that team anyway, so who cares? Like, poor guy, I I don't know. It was an entire team failure all the way around. Um, if anything, I guess it reminded me of the 60-1 to game against Hamilton last year. Like, I – now, Hamilton came back and actually made a season of the rest of it, so hopefully Montreal can do something. But uh, it was it was a sad game to watch. It was it was bad, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Montreal's got to do something because they cannot play a season like this. I mean, there's still too much left in this season to if they just come out and do that every night. Like it'll be I don't know. I just don't know what to say about it because what do you do? I mean, firing the coach in the gym. I, what's it going to give you, right? I mean, they've got talented freaking players on that team. But, I mean, how many times have you heard Tommy Campbell's name or George White's name or all these guys that they signed? You know, and they've traded for guys and they've given up guys and they've – I I don't know what you do. I, I don't know what you do. I wouldn't want to be involved in that program right now. And I guess it's making a couple of coaches like uh, uh, Clay Brooks look really smart for saying thanks but no thanks. Yep. Because it's – something you don't want to be involved in or have your name associated with right now. Hopefully they get to, hopefully they can do something like Hamilton did last year. Hopefully something happens and they get better. That's all you can hope for right now. What, what, what could happen that changed them? I mean, Mazzoli came out, became his own last year, right? So are, are we, are we thinking that, that like Manziel's actually going to become a CFL quarterback by mid season? That's possible. That's possible. Possible. But, but the defense. But like I'm saying it's just a hope and a prayer, right? Well, yeah, no, it was, it's awful. Yeah, and especially with all those names, like all the people that are on that friggin' team, it should be way better than it is. <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe a new DC. I, I, I don't, like I said, I'm Something. stumped because I don't, I don't even know what to tell you because I don't think. Mark's comments fair about getting rid of of Cavis and 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 Sherman, but right now, do you think that's going to change anything either? Right? Like I I I don't know. Like what do you who do, do you put in there place? Is, who do you who do you absolutely yeah, like, who do you put in place? That's probably I mean, why they haven't done enough. it yet because they got nobody yeah, else. That's the problem. I mean, they they took Cavis Reed. There were no other options, and he was. It, yeah. There's nobody thought that was a good move. I, I I don't even think Cavis Reed thought it was a good move. I mean, he's absolutely yeah, destroyed his career with this. Nobody is going to touch that man again. Yeah. 
All you can hope, all you can hope for, is something does change and it does get better. Because we need Montreal in the league, and 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 you don't want to ever see a team that's that that can't. Like, if I see another two or three games where it's six, you know, those kind of games, I it just it just belittles the whole league. It takes us all down. Okay, after seven so, games, they have two hundred and forty-two points scored against them. Yeah, I mean, after seven and like games, you got I good mean, players. That's that's thirty-four points a game. Oh. Okay. Yeah. You can't win football when you're thirty-four points against. Okay, especially when you're scoring. 14. Nine, 10, yeah, 14, no 14. 103 points total over seven games. 103 points. That's the lowest Horrible. in the league and not by a little bit. BC's next no, at 126. Yeah. But I mean, BC's low at 126, but they've only allowed 165 points scored against them. Right. I mean,. That that's less, and they did this in six games. Everybody else has played seven. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, I don't. Know. I don't know. It, it, it's a trade. Like I said, the only thing that be said is that hopefully it gets better because we need them in the league and we need a, a team that isn't a joke. Pathetic. Period. Yeah. William. 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 <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny because you guys are just saying, you know. I'm sure the day Devon Claybrooks got interviewed by Cavis Reed, he probably walked out of the office and said, I work for John Huffnagel and Dave Dickinson, and probably laughed all the way to the airport, okay? Because there was no way he was going to take that job, okay? Why would you go? And Mike Sherman is the head coach. Well, you never know. Maybe they made him an offer he couldn't refuse. But you know what? I want to talk about – let's talk about all the people – in the CFL, who believe that are in the know. Why did anybody expect Johnny Manziel to do anything different? Okay, if you look at it, he, he played professional football in Cleveland for two years. He wasn't even the starter, and we don't know how much attention he played to football for those two years because of his other incidents. Okay. I I saw I saw a few bright spots by him. I did see some Doug Flutie esque kind of plays. He's real fast and real quick on his feet and he can think on his feet. And uh you can't blame that loss on him. I I mean anybody who goes in and starts at quarterback after four practices when you've never played a down of CFL football in the regular season, they're not going to be successful. He he didn't and play poorly. No, he did not. I don't think he played poorly. I, I think the guy in question here to the whole thing, I think is Rich Stubler. I mean, he's, he's Montreal's DC and that, that defense, I mean, they brought him in some talent this year. And that defense was horrible. I mean, you don't even know. I, I, because Tommy Campbell's an ex-Stampeder, I look for Tommy Campbell at every game, and you don't hear his name. 
you don't hear anything. And I don't know if that's because teams are throwing away from him because he's Tommy Campbell. But let, let's think about, did a guy like Tommy Campbell, was he better because of the system in Calgary? Because I don't think, I don't think Calgary's defense has missed a beat without Tommy Campbell. And, uh, you know, but you can't blame Johnny Manziel. I think Johnny Manziel, I think they have to start him for the rest of the year so he can work some things out. And I was totally impressed with his press conference because he was very humble. Yes, and, very much and, so. and he's got lots to learn, and I think he realizes it. And for us, I love it because it goes back to the CFL. Nobody's coming to the CFL from the NFL or from university and going to own the league because it's a professional league and it's good football. So I think that's what it showed in Montreal. And and you can't, I mean, Johnny Manziel got thrown to the Lions. It's terrible. Well, but did. all the hype, all the yeah. hype that's gone on for the year and a half or a year, and the poor guy just got thrown into the Lions den and, uh, he didn't fare well. I mean, I was impressed that on his second touchdown, he made a point of making the tackle. I mean, you know, he was and he was pissed off. So you never know. Maybe this guy is 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 changing his attitude. We'll see. We'll see. He he played with heart. Yes, he did. He, he did. He played with heart in this game. He didn't suck, and he. He went out and did what he needed to do as a quarterback. He had no support on offense. He had receivers dropping balls right, left, and center, tipping them to the opposition, and then he had a porous defense. You know, Mark, you're 100% correct. Cavis Reed should be fired and Mike Sherman. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe, okay. Rich Stubler, Will, you're right, man. He shouldn't be there next week. He, he should not be there. It, it was it, it, that that defense is an embarrassment. Charles, wrap it up. I already went on this game. Oh, did you? Is everybody yeah, gone? Mark's Mark gone. Mark, Mark has it. Mark, you late can, uh, last again? Jeez, yeah, buddy. No worries. I, go I can ahead. go real quick. I can go real quick because there's not a lot of stuff I can really add to this. Um, everybody's saying you know okay, who do we bring in if we fire Sherman and Reed? Ken Austin, I'm pretty sure his ego wants to be back on the sidelines. Of course. He's exactly what they need. Yes, he's an asshole. Yeah, he's a complete and utter jerk. But he'll whip the team into shape. He did it in Hamilton. He wore out his welcome, for sure. But he took over a woeful football team. Uh, they've gotten better slowly. He needs to come in and help try to save something on the season. I, I absolutely you, hate that man, and you're right. <coughs> I, I I don't want to say that, but you you are correct. We're, none of us are going to differ on that opinion. Nope. No, so, not the least. <laughs> it's needs to get in there. They have to do something to get him there and get him there fast. Because this defense should be far better than they have been playing. 
yeah, they got a little bit older this year by keeping some of the guys, but they're far better than this. It can't be on talent. There's just no way. This is Stubler. I guess the game's passed them by. It happens. Oh, yeah. Stubler's done. Stubler's yeah. been done for several seasons, and and we all know that. A brilliant football mind, but his his football that he's playing is a decade old. Yeah. yeah. Everybody uh, else has, has gone way beyond. And that's it. And I'm I'm starting to see that with Wally. I, I don't want to come out and say that, but I really do. There okay, so this game many mistakes. Yeah, but this, but I this, think I think Wally see I think Wally sees that himself though. I think Wally is smart enough to know that himself too though. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't uh, argue I think, with you, but I think Wally knows it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Final score, Hamilton 50, Montreal 11. Charles, you picked Montreal. Yeah, that's not my high point. Loser. Now we kind of know, know why I've only like gotten two right this year. Charles, that you picked Montreal. Stupid. Yep, and it was stupid. He, he, he was drinking the Johnny Manziel Kool-Aid, no doubt. I was oh, playing. Uh, I thought I was being was smart. The I thought odds. I was just trying to. I thought I might playing sneak one, odds. and boy, that went as bad as it could possibly have gone. I'm not sure how that could have gone any worse. Okay, Mark, you are out by 35 points. <laughs> okay. Yeah. CJ, I was out by 22 points on the Hamilton score alone. <laughs> Fortunately, I made up for it with the Montreal score, and I was out by 27 total. Now it leaves Will and Chris. You guys want to guess? I'm not going to let Will. Will doesn't get to guess here, but who who won this one who do you think won this one? Just a guess between Chris and Will. Will knows the answer, so I'm not going to let him take it. Charles, who do you think won? <laughs> uh, I'm going to pick Will. Come on, somebody. I'll go with Will as well. Will? Will? Chris, who, who, do you think you won this one? Or do you think Will got it? Well, I can't. I can't remember what we picked, so I know I got close on the Montreal score because I think I picked 14. So you did, but yeah, I don't know. You were you were you were really low on the Hamilton score. Will yeah, was much so better I'm, on the Hamilton I'm, score and a little higher on the. Oh, okay, I, I, I'm just teasing with you guys. It was a push. You're both at 19 points, so you both win. Oh, there you go. Well, what were our picks, Christopher? Uh, Will, you what grabbed 38-18. And okay. Chris had thirty four fourteen. Yeah. Wow. So that means we each get a point. Ooh-ah. You each get a point. I'm going to give you both a gold there star go. for that one, just because. What the hell? There you go. With a smiling I'm, face. Not, I'm not giving anybody half I, points. I think that's the stupidest and lamest no. thing that ever happened, except for, and I'll. Uh, it's really pissing me off, and it has been for a, a decade or more. Is when they took half tackles away from people. 
Owen and Sherry. Half sacks. They used to have half sacks. Yeah, yep. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. And, yeah. and and when they took that away from it, because you know what? There are times where one person isn't going to sack them, but two of them do. And it doesn't matter. Which, how can you give it to one more than the other? I don't know. That, that's just a, a little peeve of my own, going a little nostalgia here. I like half sacks. So how do they do that? The first guy who touches them? Yep. Uh, no. Is right. it the first or the last, the guy that, last guy to take them down? can't remember if it was the is first that guy that is. touches them or the second guy that takes them down. Because I think that uh, Hughes, Charles Hughes' second one, somebody was around his legs, and, he, and then Charles came and took him over, and they gave it to Charles. Yeah. I, I think it's whoever but was anyway. the most aggressive. Yeah, like whoever, yeah, yeah, whoever actually – I guess it's a judgment call of who actually tackled them, right? Yeah. 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 But there, there are times where Charlton Hughes wouldn't have been able to tackle that guy if the guy, the other player didn't have his legs wrapped up. Yeah. A hundred percent. I agree. No, I, I loved the half sack. I, yeah, I grew up in the half sack era, so yeah, <laughs> I played exactly. in the half sack. Right. Okay. So the last game of this, the, the week, which was the BC Calgary game near and dear to my heart, got to watch it in Calgary. Uh, didn't turn out the way I wanted it to, but you know, most games never do. Not BC games, anyhow. Not lately. Not the last three years or so, or more, or five, or seven years. Seven years. Last seven years have not been good. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Last seven years. I'm starting to act like Winnipeg. Okay. Um, Charles, BC Lions. What yes. The, what happened, bro? This, uh, it was a bad was game. The, BC played good. Yeah. Yeah, uh, this was the only game of the week I did not see live, or I did not see the whole game. I happened to be down in Seattle, and unfortunately, this was not one of the ESPN2 games. I was sad about that, so I was watching bits and pieces on my phone and seeing the highlights and stuff like that. From what I could take from it, the Lions actually didn't play all that badly, and from what a lot of people have said is that that game actually for the Lions was there for the taking, and they kept shooting themselves in the foot, which has become a recurring problem in some of their games this year. I think we saw that a few weeks ago against Ottawa. Um, Travis Lule, I think, put up uh, some some decent numbers again, but it almost seems that the Lions are kind of suffering from a lack of finish right now. They're not they're not getting touchdowns when they should be, and. Um, They're also seemingly taking penalties at the worst possible time. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about um, Mr. Orange uh, a little bit later. Um, But they really, um, the Lions, if you look at the stat line, you look at even the score, they they held their own with a very good Calgary team. Um, They did not get run out of the building, which a lot of people thought they might. Uh, they kept it within 10 points, which was respectable. And the game was actually still going into the fourth quarter. It was only 18-10, to 10, so that game was still very much in play going into the final scope, going into the final quarter. Um, it was just that the uh, Stampeders were able to make enough plays in that fourth quarter to hold off um, Bo Levi Mitchell and... Um, Kamar Jordan were uh, playing catch for a lot of the night. And, again, that's where the Lions are having their biggest struggles right now. It's in their secondary. 
they're having problems shutting receivers down. Um, I think actually up front, and they really, you know, held the Stampeders in check in terms of the run game. They're just having trouble stopping passes, which scares me because we've got to play uh, Mike Riley in three days on short rest. But the Lions, the, if they could tighten up on their play in the secondary, they'd be in the, the thick of things uh, for a lot of games. They've just got to, A, tighten up on their secondary, and B, stop the stupid mistakes like the stupid penalties because it is having an effect like we were talking about with Orange basically wiping out, they were about to get the ball back, and they took a stupid penalty, and that. So the Lions were actually played well. The Stampeders, again, played well enough to win, and I know the Stampeders are winning all of their games. I'm not disputing that. They're not winning them impressively enough to me. I mean, they're getting the job done, and that's what good teams do. But you would think that in some of these games they'd be blowing teams out, and they're winning by, you know, seven, eight, ten points. They're not dominantly winning. They're not destroying teams. Now, maybe that's going to come. Maybe they're holding it off right now. And I'm not saying they're not full value for their 7-0 record, because quite clearly they are. But certainly this game, again, was there for the taking. The Lions just couldn't put enough plays in the end, and they were not able to stop Bo Levi and Kamar Jordan. That was uh, really their Achilles there, the dumb mistakes and the ability to stop the pass. You, if you tighten those things up, this game's a, probably a lot different. But, uh, you know, they were still in it, so you got to be somewhat uh, happy for the Lions, even though the Calgary Stampeders got the W, which most people were expecting anyways. BC screwed up a couple of places. Okay? Yep. And there's some Wally mistakes here. Mm-hmm. Throughout his career, Wally always took the points. In the first half, he went for third and six for a, for a touchdown when they were inside the five-yard line or inside the 10, in the red zone, third and six. Why didn't you take the points, Wally? Because those three points would have made a difference in the fourth quarter. You would have been that much closer. You would have been within the score, and things would have been different. He didn't do it. And he did the same thing later in the third quarter. He didn't take the points. And he would always, always, always have gone for the points. Ty Long makes those two field goals, six points, where it's now a four-point game. Still losing it. But things could have changed without those. Okay? We took some absolute asinine penalties. And, yeah, we're going to talk about Anthony Orange and I don't think that's one of them. I don't blame him for that. Mark? You know what? Since we're running out of time, um, you guys will have a lot more to say about it than I would because I really only caught the highlights and the stats. So you guys go ahead. Okay. Chris? Well, I agree. I mean, it was a good game. It was a good game to watch. Uh, I thought BC played very well. I, I think they had – I don't think the penalties were as big of an issue. I think both teams took stupid penalties in that game, and I think it hurt them both equally. Um, I, the orange thing is – I always say that's the wrong focus. You're focusing on the wrong thing. There's four or five plays that make a difference in the game, and 
but I mean, there was a stupid penalty on Calgary's side on, on one of the touchdowns for BC. So uh, that stuff equals out. I think that, that what I saw was overall a good performance by BC. I think that they lack some uh, pass rushing um, at certain times where Bo had way too much time. Um, other times they did get to him, but uh, I think there were certain times where he had all day back there. And when you give him all day, he's going to find Jamar, uh, like he's going to find somebody and happen to be Kamar at this game. Um, I think they did a decent job in the secondary. I don't think their secondary is as bad as uh, Edmonton's or, or, or uh, like, I don't know any of the other ones. Um, Hamilton's isn't great. But Winnipeg. I think BC had nothing but pause. Yeah, like I mean, their O line played great. Kept Calgary off of off of uh, Lule. I mean, he did get rushed and stuff, but I mean, he took some hellacious hits. But he got the ball he off. Did. He didn't get um, sacked. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, that's great for an O line. And I think there's nothing but positive for BC here. I do believe BC is a better team than the Riders right now based off this game and what they did. And I think that BC's got to be happy with the, what they saw. And, I mean, I can't argue with Charles's saying that, that, you know, Calgary hasn't played to their potential yet, which should scare a lot of people because they're still winning and they're not playing to their potential yet. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they did enough to win. And that's a win's a win, and, and I'll take it as a Calgary fan. But I liked what BC did, and it made it a damn good game to watch for sure. You know, I, I'm, I'm not going to challenge you on this, but I'm going to take – I don't want to even use the word take exception. I think BC's defensive line played very well in this game. Bo Levi was – he was getting a lot of time, but he was moving around a lot and a lot more than he normally does. BC actually sacked him, which does not happen very often. Okay, they they no, had some pressure on there. They had him moving around, and, yes, he he made plays because of that. But it wasn't it wasn't a typical Calgary game for for Bo Levi where he sits in his lawn chair with a cooler of beer and decides when he's going to throw the ball. No, and I guess I, I should I should clarify. There was about three or four, maybe even five plays where it looked like the O line had totally washed the D line in one direction. They were doing like a zone blocking where Mitchell didn't have to really move. He moved the opposite direction the wash went, and but but th- there literally was nobody left on the D line rushing him. And it, I, I think and that's more as a D lineman. Well, I blame that one on Mark is, Washington but, more than anything. But you gotta you gotta be better than that. You can't do that four or five times a game because they were clearly doing a wash blocks uh, block down, and they just kept falling for it. And they just it just gave and not only did it give him time, but it actually removed the line from his vision. Like he actually could see the entire field because they moved the entire line down and he just took one step to his right or to his left and he was wide open. And it happened like four or five times. You got to adjust I, for that. You can't allow that to happen. But it's not the players. Whoever the end is on that. Well, that's okay. There's a DC, but, but I mean, again, if you, if, if that end on that side has got to bite hard on the wash. He's got to, he's got to be cheating into the inside to be washed that bad. He has to be, and I know that Odell Willis and and, and Lemon they they are actually they even talked about in the game how they're known for their spin move. Well, personally, I hate spin moves. You have to use them sparingly, and you have to use them in the correct time because if you spin in, and they go out, you've just lost contain, and that's a huge part of a DN's job is contain. 
And I, but anyway, I mean, uh, it's over technical, but I just, I wouldn't disagree with you. I, I do agree with you that they did fairly well, but there was about four or five plays where they just did not do what they should be doing as a D line. Cause that's, I mean that, and they were all big plays. Cause I mean, the second you move out of, out of any quarterback's way and you let him see the whole field with no pressure, he's going to find a receiver. That's why they're at professional levels, right? It had nothing to do with how good you are. Any quarterback at that level that's made it that far, if you take the entire line away from his vision, he can see the whole field, and you give him five, six, seven seconds to throw the ball, he's going to find somebody. That's yeah. that's just football. That's at this level anyway. So okay, I just I just thought that that should have been fixed. That was that was a big big drop on on the BC. But I guess you could go Mark Washington. Yeah, I I wouldn't doubt that. But if I was playing in that system, if I was one of those ends. They have to be doing an inside move to get caught like that. To get washed like that, they have to be going inside, and that's just bad. That's bad, bad technique. William, you know what? I'm I'm gonna say a couple of real quick things. I wish I could sit here and say that Calgary completely dominated BC and it wasn't even close. I'm not gonna say that. Um, kudos, kudos to Travis Lule. I thought he played well. Kudos. He's- Offensive line because give up a sack against that Calgary defensive line, your old line is doing their job and and it's money well spent this year because I know they spent some money on their old line and uh, but I I knew Calgary was going to win this game because of Bo Levi's first TD pass that that pass had wings it flapped it laid eggs it went end over end. And they still caught it and scored a touchdown, okay? And that I was still not, that was I'm such still a lame duck. sitting here trying to figure out how the hell that worked. And we were both sitting there and we had a perfect view of the ball and that ball was horrible. Bo has even said he thinks that's the worst pass he's ever thrown in his life. Okay. I, I'm, I'm actually touchdown. surprised the ball didn't turn end over end. It was it was uh, <laughs> and it was pretty darn close. But that thing laid eggs. It had a name, and I'm telling you. But hey, you know what? Calgary does Howard what Calgary duck. does. Calgary does what Calgary does. You can talk about, you know, if they, if uh, BC had taken those six points, but I still think Calgary would have rose to the occasion. I, I think they're that kind of a team, and they tend to go to sleep sometimes when they're up. And but I think they have the ability, and I know it's dangerous to turn it on whenever they want to turn it on and just kill people. And so, but BC played a good game. That was, you know what? That was probably one of the most enjoyable games I had this year because I wasn't bored. I was there. I wasn't bored. Okay. I wasn't bored. It was a competitive game and it's been built for a while. So, and, and like I said, BC's O-line did a great job. And as far as Bo Levi goes, I think one of Bo Levi's biggest strengths, and I know you'll say he doesn't have any strengths, but one of his biggest strengths is he has said first times on his podcast, he doesn't run. He's not going to run, but his movement in the pocket, he's fantastic at that. And he's always looking downfield, but he's always getting away from people trying to tackle. And, and he does a good job of that. So, Okay. And maybe, and maybe that's why, knock on wood, 
he hasn't really sustained a serious injury. So he hasn't sustained an injury because you have the absolute best O-line in the league. Well, and that's part of it, but I think he moves and behind have the for, line for a decade. And, yep. But you, you can't know, argue I mean, that. Uh, no. Okay, let's wrap. Let's wrap this up. You know what? Okay. It, it is. It's now nine thirty. We've taken an hour and a half to review four games, and we, we're usually finished within an hour. So we're half an hour over schedule here. There's things on here that we're not going to get to today. So let's wrap this one up. BC Lions into Calgary. 27-18 final score for the Stampeders. CJ and Charles pick BC because we're homers. Okay. Will, 68-23. to 23. <laughs> The fuck were you thinking? Did I, did I actually pick 68? I thought I picked 47. Okay. Nope. Okay, cool. Okay, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not even going to do the math on this one because I'm, it, it's, it's ridiculous, okay? Well, the only reason I picked 68 is because I knew you were going to be there. And, you know, I didn't talk that much during the game. But if it hadn't been 68, man, my lips would have been flat on stop. So. <laughs> no shit, no shit, oh, no shit. Okay, Mark and Chris, your scores were both very similar. You both picked uh, – uh, Mark had 37 and 36 for Chris for Calgary. So you're out by nine and ten point or ten and nine points respectively, but the eighteen points for BC really sunk you, Chris. You went twenty four. Mark had twenty. Mark gets the score on this one. Hmm. So you got there you, go. you got two two this week. Mark, Will, and Chris shared one, and CJ pulled up the first game. Charles, you're in the cold, bro. Again, <laughs> again. Well, at least I'm not with you this time. Okay. So let's uh let's move on. I've run out of water here. I'm just talking so much. Actually, I'm, you guys are talking a lot too. Okay. The Rough Riders worked out a receiver Terrell Owens, who is 44 years old. After we thought we would have heard the end of him, can Chris Jones simply not help himself? Look, okay, hang on. Last year, okay, in mid June, Chris Jones said after releasing veterans Rob Bag, Bakari <laughs> Grant, and Chad Owens. He says it's a young man's game, unfortunately. Yep. So why are you working out a 44-year-old has-been receiver? Okay. Because he needs a free safety. Because he needs a free safety. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, come on. What the hell are you thinking, Jones? I mean, I don't understand. I don't understand why this is happening and why we're talking about it. Um, Bob Irving says he saw the video of T.O.'s workout for Chris Jones. Looks like a 44-year-old guy who still runs pretty well. Big deal. Lots of 44-year-olds still run well. Doesn't make him a pro football prospect. Okay? Just doesn't. I don't know what's going on here. I don't know why anybody is even contemplating this concept. Does anybody want to talk about Terrell Owens? Silence is a wonderful thing. Can we move on? Go can we move away. on from this guy? We can move on. Okay? Yes. Go away. It, 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 go away, please, soon, sooner than later. You know, I'm sorry that you spent all your money. You're not going to make any here. Okay. Mike Sherman is 
sticking with Johnny Manziel as his starter this week against Ottawa after last week's horrible first game. Should he return to the sidelines or does he have to work through it? I don't think Johnny Manziel had a bad game. Defense sucked. Okay. I'm, I, I agree with Mike Sherman sticking with him because, you know, what other – what Vernon Adams isn't playing much better or worse. But you got to do something, and if Johnny Manziel's at least putting butts in the seats, go for it, even if it's not in your stadium. I don't care. I don't know what to say about this. I think Manziel is the answer for Montreal right now. I really do. And, and God damn, I, 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 I totally and completely agree with Mark. We need to put Ken Austin in that t- that game, in that team. Fire Cavus Reed and Mike Sherman and put Ken Austin in both positions. I don't know what you do with with, with Rich Stubler, but uh, yeah, Johnny Manziel has to start the the game. And and I think Chris, you said start he's going to start every game for the rest of the season. He's got to do that. He's got to get better. Yeah. Uh, is that you, you said that right? Uh, I think I said something similar, and then I think uh, Mark might have said it or Charles, but uh, but yeah, no, I agree. You got to go with them. Go with them. You, you got to go with them. I totally and completely agree with us. Okay, who wants to jump on this one, Chris? You got something to add? No, uh, no. I, I again, I agree with you. I don't think he had that bad of a game, and I, I think he's your best shot. Go with him, even if it's just for butts in the seats, and. Uh, See what happens. I mean, you got other problems to fix. These are big ones. So, the heck with it. Go with them. To see what happens. He's 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 only going to get better, or he's not going to get better. But I mean, that's what you got. So go. I I think he showed enough to want to see more. And I don't think I I, well, I I I never thought I would say that about the, him. I actually like what he did in that was, game. Hey, that second interception was totally on Sutton, man. He made that play. He, like, oh. It looked like a foodie play. Scrambled around, did that shovel pass right into Sutton's hands, and what did Sutton do? For deflected into a, a you know defender's hands. Like that was, I mean, you saw sparks from Mizzou. I think he had he has a a, a, a skill set that fits the league, and and let's see what happens. Right, let's go. Well, I mean, that's what Will said. He said that he, it, mm-hmm. it reminded him of Doug Flutie. Yep. And. I don't yeah. think you could bestow a greater honor on a quarterback in the CFL than to say that he reminds you of Doug Flutie. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can. No. No, you can't. Nope. And let's face it, Doug Flutie wasn't that great. So. What was that? I don't know. His mic's not working very well. Sorry, Will. We didn't hear it. He said his. Yeah. He said Doug Flutie's first game sucked too. Oh, it <laughs> Actually, I'm going to sum it up for him. He yeah. he wasn't good his entire first year until the, like the final yep. two or three games. He did nothing. Yeah. No, he that's had why, to learn the game. That's why BC right. Let him go. Right. That's why BC let him go. Yep. Or at least let him leave. Right. Like I mean, they could have fought harder for him if they wanted him. No, 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 no. That was not the reason that we had a cheap owner. No. Well. Yeah. That too. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was Murray Pesamira, you know. It was just, that was absolutely disgusting. Okay, so, um, yeah, anybody else want to jump on this one? Charles, you got anything to say? 
No, just that people, I've heard a lot of people going on and on saying, oh, well, Johnny Manziel, Johnny Manziel, he's nothing, he's nothing. He had one game and he had four practices with his team. Are we really just going to shove this guy out to pastor uh, just because he had a bad game after very little time with his team? And they're like, oh, well, he had all that time in training camp with Hamilton. It's a different system, folks. Teams don't play the exact same system. You go from one team to the other, uh, it's completely different. And you got to learn the system. He had two. He had uh, a month learning Hamilton's system. He had a week to learn Montreal. It's not the same thing at all. So before people are ready to just throw this guy out with the bathwater, let's give him a little more time because it's, it doesn't happen overnight. It just doesn't. No. Mark? There's not a lot I can add. You know, he did impress me with his scrambling. There's absolutely no reason not to start him because who's behind him? Vernon Adams, and I think everybody else is injured. Go with him. He's putting butts in the seats. We all know what needs to be done. It's not Manziel. Selling jerseys. Yep. Yeah, at this point, you might as well. Mm-hmm. It's not going to hurt anything. Yep. Okay. So let's uh, let's move on from Johnny Manziel because we talked way too much about him. And uh, I don't know. Let's let's get going here. Um, in a key part of this week's BC Calgary game, defensive back Anthony Orange kicked the ball after play, resulting in a drive extending objectionable contact call angering coach Wally Buono. Was Wally in the right with his frustration or was it a penalty call that did not need to be made? Okay, here's my take on this. And um, I think it's kind of important. Anthony Orange did kick the ball. He's not supposed to do that. It is a penalty. I'm not going to object to that. It, It was a penalty. He shouldn't have done it. You're not supposed to kick the ball towards another player, especially the opposing team. And you're not supposed to kick the ball towards the official, you're not allowed to use this for taunting or bad behavior or anything else. The guy was kicking the ball towards the ball boy so he could pick it up. He was getting it off the field to kick it to the ball boy to pick it up. I understand the official throwing the flag because that's his job and he's pulling the rule book. But this should have gone upstairs and the eye in the sky should have said, this is fucking lame and and reverse the call which they have the ability to do okay bc had just taken the calgary two and out two and out absolutely stopped them defense stuffed them how often does that happen and then you get this lame ass penalty okay wally was livid and he had a right to be but it's not all at anthony orange And, yeah, he didn't know he wasn't supposed to do that. I don't believe that for a heartbeat. But you don't – I I, I don't know. I I looked at this, and I looked at it, and I'm going, are you freaking serious? He's kicking the ball to the ball boy. If he bent over, picked it up, and threw it at the ball boy, it would have been okay. But because he flipped it with the end of his toes – it was a penalty. 
I don't know. I don't, the league has to be a little smarter than that. Was it an important play? Yes. Bo went down and scored. They should have been two and out. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. We're running out of time. We've got 15 minutes left in the game. Jump on this one, Charles. Go quick. Well, I looked at it, and quite frankly, uh, Chris Rainey actually put on his Facebook. If you got a um, a um, chance, go on to Chris Rainey's Facebook page, because he posted two video clips side-by-side. One was of Anthony Orange. I'm not sure. Maybe both of them were Anthony Orange. I'm not sure. But if you have a chance, go onto his Facebook page. He posted two side-by-side clips of guys um, kicking the ball. One got flagged and one didn't. And if you're looking at them side-by-side, they looked virtually identical. And it didn't make any sense. And I'll I'll even... um, I'm going to post, uh, I'll post on Let's Talk CFL, and I'll post it in the show group, because it actually shows, because, um, yeah. They were both um, PC Lion players. They were both PC Lion players, and quite frankly, one got flagged and one didn't, so I'm not sure why um, the one, it's not like he wound up and kicked it into the fourth row. He was kicking it to the ball boy. It's not like he was doing it on purpose. It's not like he was doing it out of frustration. It was a dumb thing to do, but I really don't think it was all that big of a deal. Yes, to the letter of the law, it probably was a penalty, but I don't think that's what the whole point of the penalty was for a guy kicking it to the... uh, It was actually Anthony Orange doing it both times, and I don't think to the letter of the law with a guy kicking it to the ball player... Because it wasn't like he was kicking it out of frustration. He was just trying to give the guy a ball. And like CJ said, if he picks it up and throws it, he doesn't get flagged. So was it a penalty? Yeah, sure, maybe it was. But it was chintzy to me. It really was. Okay. Anybody else? Charles or Will, you were there at the game. You're going, what the hell just happened? Yeah, I... You know what? CFL referees could have went either way. They called it Calgary's way. I'm not gonna say I'm sad about that, but but yeah, it should be more consistent. But by the letter of the law, it was a penalty. Sorry. I'm not gonna argue. Not gonna argue. Okay. No. It, it it comes down to uh, attacking a quarterback, or you know, your your arm just kind of brazes the side of his helmet. Both penalties, but in reality, was there an intent to injure by just you know by by you know by champ you know shampooing his hair? No, you know it's it, it there has to be some some intelligence used on the officials' part, and it, it it comes back down to and the one that pisses me off the most about this, and I know we're completely off subject right now, and we got no time to be off subject. Um, no yards calls. Okay, the player's within the the five-yard zone, and he's backpedaling like hell trying to get out. Why is that a penalty? He's doing his best. He got caught in a bad situation, and he's trying to get the hell out. The the concept of no yards is to protect the returner from somebody coming down at full tilt and nailing him. When the guy's going the opposite direction, how is that a penalty? It, it, It absolutely frustrates the hell out of me. 
Anybody else? Chris, you want to jump on this? Anthony Orange kicking the ball? Well, I mean, I just agree that it was a penalty, and, and yeah, it's random. It just depends on the ref, and, and it is what it is. It sucks that it, it had an influence on the game, but it happens, right? And, I mean, when you cheer for the team that it happens against, it's always going to make you more frustrated because it's it's a it just – that much more frustrating to, to, to have to suffer through those ticky-tack crap. But you know what? It happens across the league. It happens to everybody. Nobody likes them when they happen. But it, it's really a fundamentally a refing question. But in the end, again, you can't go too hard after the ref because by the letter of the law it is. So it he comes down job. to do, – Yeah, and I mean it just comes down to – how much do you want them to start making a call on what intention is, right? Because it comes down to he didn't know what Orange's intention was when he kicked the ball. He just knows that it's against the rules. And then it's the same thing when, when, when you're talking about intent to hurt. Like, we, they come back to that all the time. Is We don't know what his intent was. I mean, sometimes you can pretty much guess because it's pretty clear. But that it's still a gray area, right? It's really hard. So he did his job, and, and it sucks. I remember a play – after Rob Cote scored a touchdown, he got up to celebrate and he dropped the ball out of his right hand to his side and it accidentally hit the all-pushing player and he took a penalty for it. And I, as a Calgary fan, I was the same as you guys. It was like, what are you doing? Like, he didn't even know the guy was there, but they threw a taunting penalty for it, right? Because he, he, yeah. he hit the opposing player with the football out of his hand after a touchdown. And that's the letter of the law, right? And you know what? Cote kind of went, went to fight about it and then he walked away and said, you know, like, what are you going to do? By the letter of law, it was against the rules. Yeah. So, okay. Maybe not as important part of the game or time of the game, but they happen, right? Okay. Which is how Rat. Wally handled it, too, right? That's how Wally handled it. Yeah. He anyway, did. But, yeah. Okay. Mark, anything to add? Uh, real quick, that was a penalty, yes. But a throat slash into the camera wasn't by Darrell Walker. Yeah, good, uh, good point. And yeah, maybe the official Jaylen didn't Thunder. see that, but it, TSN did. Let's see if they get a if he gets fined this week. Okay. The, the camera angle that shows it from another angle, the ref was five feet away from him. Wow. Okay. And the J- Jalen Saunders with Hamilton gets a touchdown, punches the ball down, spins it right at the head of an D back who's lying on his stomach. Right into his helmet. That's not a penalty. Yeah. There's that's no run there. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. That it. There's no, no consistency. It? None. Yep, that's nope. a, none. Okay. That's it. Okay. Ten minutes left in the show. Lowell Ulrich, in his recent article, says Calgary, Edmonton, and Winnipeg are on a different level than the rest of the league. Do we agree, or is it Calgary and everyone else? No, I have already said that in the show that that. The West is solid at BC, Edmonton, and Winnipeg. There's no question in that re- regard. I think Winnipeg's one of the best teams in the league. Okay, so I, I'm not arguing at all with Lowell on this one. I think those two are, uh, those three are the solid top three teams in this league. And I don't know who is going to argue with me. Anybody want to argue on this podcast about this? I'm no. sure as hell no. not. No, I would agree. No, no, you can't because it's fact. Right? They are just playing on another level, and Lowell is correct. Okay. Eight minutes left. Okay. What are we going to do? We're going to 
There's not, nothing else to say about that. They, it's, it's just a fact. The Toronto Argonauts launched a 20, shocking 24-point comeback last week against Otto. Do we think that this could be a turning point for the team, or are there still major problems that need to be fixed? There isn't a team in the CFL, including Calgary, that doesn't have things they need to fix. Toronto needed to fix a few things. They needed to find a quarterback to replace Ricky Ray. They may have done that. They may have. We don't know. Time will tell. Like I said, there's no film on this guy, so let's see what's going on. But, you know, I'd love to say Toronto's turned this corner because Toronto having a good team in this league is good for this league. There's no other team in this league right now that it's more important to win football games. Not in Montreal. Not in B.C., It's more important for Toronto to win games. It's more important for Toronto franchise to be strong in this league. Yeah, Toronto's the center of the universe, and we all know it, so we got to put up with that bullshit. It's a fact. Toronto has to have a competitive team. And uh, I'd love to say they turn the corner. I hope they have. You think they have, Will? Maybe. Maybe not. Just just not a sharp corner? They're kind of like well, on the off ramp. You, know you really have to turn a corner when you're playing the East. I mean, let's face it. You don't really have to be that good to play the East. And if they just stay close to everybody else, which they're doing, then you never know because they still have to play each other more times. And, and so, you know, being in the East, yeah, maybe they have to turn the corner. You know what? I like him as a quarterback. He played well. Do they have film on him now? And is he going to play that well? I thought he showed a hell of a lot more than James Franklin has showed this season. And so, you know, and I think it showed he had experience just the way he played. And, yeah, maybe they have turned the corner, but maybe they haven't. Who knows? I mean, in the East, you never know. Next game could be complete disaster and I'm sure they have to play Montreal at least six more times this year don't they so (laughs) (laughs) no no they don't okay so with Saskatchewan being three and four in the season with zero and two in the western division they took a couple of games from three games out of from back east BC at two and four with a game in hand uh, at least winning a game in the eastern uh, western division from Winnipeg and you got Toronto at two and five Toronto doesn't have to string a lot of victories together here to prevent the crossover. Not really, no, they don't. Okay, they do not have to, they just have to keep pace with BC and Saskatchewan. And we think BC is going to be better than Saskatchewan, and BC only has two wins right now. So that means Toronto has to keep pace with BC at two wins each, and uh, they prevent the crossover. So, yeah, you know, it's coming along for Toronto. It's, it could be scary for my Lions. Mark? Um, you know, we can't really say if they've turned the corner because it's based on one game. One game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As a Barber fan... I've seen a lot of quarterbacks that we thought we were going to be great based on one game. Drew Willie. Yeah, lots. 
way before him, too. Uh, anyway, I think, you know, he did show flashes of he can be a very effective quarterback. Guys have, teams have uh, film on him now. That's huge. They'll get a couple of tendencies. He does have BC next. So we'll see how he does against their defensive backs. Do we play Toronto Which, next? No, we yeah. play Edmonton next week. I thought it was Toronto. Uh-oh, I nope. must have missed it. I thought it was Toronto. I thought I saw that. No, Toronto's on a bye next week. Oh, okay, so it's the week So they do that. play BC next, but BC has a game in between with Edmonton. Okay. So their next game is against BC. So it'll be, yeah. you know, we'll see what happens there. If I think if they beat BC, then, yeah, you could say they turn the corner because that is a two-game win streak, and in the East, that's huge. Well, so. for Toronto, yeah, that would be. Well, for anybody, you know, the, a two-game win streak other, is huge. The other thing I was just looking at, BC plays their next, their next after the Edmonton game, their next six games they play, I think, uh, five Eastern teams. So, you know what? Don't count them out. If they go on a bit of a run, you never know. And well, I, we got to play Saskatchewan. I know. Play when you talk about a turning point, I think the Calgary game could have been a turning point because if you look at BC right now, offensive line played good. We know who their quarterback is going to be if he doesn't get hurt. And don't don't count those guys yet, for sure. Yeah. So after after Edmonton, we play Saskatchewan after the Toronto game, and then we don't play another. Western team until week 18. We, we're in the East playing Eastern teams until week 18. And you know what? If you think about it, two of those, two of those games to play after week 18 are uh, against Calgary. How motivated is Calgary going to be at the end of the season once again? Well, they got it wrapped up already. Yeah, yeah. We, we play Calgary in week eighteen and week twenty-one. Right? Yep. I BC could even be challenging for a playoff position in the West. Oh my good lord! Let's not talk about that too much. Okay, we got three minutes yeah. left in the show. Anybody else want to jump on this one? Charles, you got something to say? Uh, just Toronto. saying, you know, we got, we got to say more. We got to see more from them. I mean, it was a good win. Let's see how they follow it up. Yeah, I gotta agree. Anybody didn't go? Well, oh, we got how two. About, uh, how, about how about we just say that? Let's see a game from Toronto where they don't have a first half like they just had, and they don't have to yes. come back. That's well, what they, I want. You mean they play sixty minutes? Yes, that's what I want to see. Let's see that. Yeah. What What would that game have been come like back. if Toronto actually played football in the first half? Less boring. Yeah. Well, and how much did Ottawa? How much did Ottawa cave in on themselves too? We don't. We've never talked about it. But how bad was Ottawa? Like, like again, Toronto looked great, but how bad was Ottawa? Like, so, like I said, I, I want to see their next game. Come out and play a full game. Show me something, and then I'll I'll say you've turned a corner. Yeah, who are they playing next? Who does Toronto play? BC. Yeah. Okay. Well, BC, we'll see what yeah, happens after right? the bye. They That's play right. BC, and then then they got back. Then they're back with Montreal, and then Hamilton. Yeah. So, but I mean, the BC I game go. would be the perfect show, because you got two teams that are over. turning, right? The show's over. Let me wrap it up. 
Okay, this has been Let's Talk CFL uh, podcast episode number 269. I've been your host, Christopher Jones, and we've had a hoot talking football, man. This was a great show. I'm, I'm so happy for you, with you guys. It was, it, we just did a great job. we got 40 seconds left in the show here. So, Chris, say goodnight. Good night, everybody. Uh, let's watch some. Uh, let's uh, get together again and talk some football again. Hopefully, in real quick, two days. <laughs> Wednesday, Wednesday night, Charles. Good night, folks. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you in a couple nights and preview the upcoming week. Mark. Good night, everybody. Talk to you on Wednesday. And BC doesn't suck that bad, okay? Will, go ahead. <laughs> Good night. Good night. That was it. Will just says good night. And he's gone. Go out. Go out. There you go. Okay, guys, take care. Thanks for doing it.